Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. Going Off Track. Episode 230-something. 231, let's say. Um, my name's Jonah. My name is Brad. And we are coming at you from Rubber Track Studios. Still. The, the final days of the Rubber Tracks. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> see if you can guess when we switch studios. Yeah, see if you can are. guess when we switch. Right now, sure, we'll fucking talk about it and tweet about it and make a big stink. Yeah, it will be very obvious, I guess. Try and guess anyway. But yeah, um, I uh, I came, I did taped a podcast this morning. I, I went to yoga first, then I came here. Um, and then tonight I'm going to karate. Karate! And then I'm going to see uh, Ima Lamus. Um, oh, nice. Doing I said what up. Release show for the new Holy Sons album. At Union Pool, so check out the new Holy Sons album on Partisan. Oh, well, you should come to the show. I can't do it tonight. Although Brad actually did make a rare appearance the <laughs> other night at the Beach Slang show. Yeah, that was fun. It was that was a very interesting night. Uh, <laughs> I uh, not sound name droppy, but it was my birthday. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I got. You ever get like a? It was like I got a text message that came across as like an email or something. It was like a, it was like a email, but it was from like seven two seven blah 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 oh, yeah, at yeah, AT and T. Yeah. So I I got this. I was getting a lot of messages, obviously, for my birthday, and I I sent an email back. I was like, "Hey, uh, thank you. Who is this? this? Is showing up all weird?" And it was like, "Oh, this is Jim Atkins." It says singer for Jimmy World. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, cool." And then you know we were texting, and I was like. Well, you know, if you're ever in New York, let me know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we're here now. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, we're, you know, playing some late night or whatever, doing press. I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, um, I'm going to see his band Beach Lang tonight if you want to come. And he was like, I actually really like Beach Lang. I would love to go. And uh, texted their bass player, Ed, who I'm pretty sure thought I was lying. Um, I, was, I was like, hey, can you put Jim Atkins on the list tonight? And he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, and then... Um, yeah, and there then like, was. I got to the show. He texted me. He's like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way." Um, and yeah, and he came to the show, and we hung out. Me, Brad, and um, our friend Chelsea and Jim, and we hung out for the whole show. Watched watched the show. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, fantastic set. And then they played a replacement song. I'd like to think for me. Yes, thank you guys. Dedicated a song to me. Yeah, a jawbreaker was, song. Was major. That was cool. And yeah, they were awesome. And then we walked him back to the subway, and he. He went home and then, kissed and said goodnight. Yeah, it was it was a very fun evening. Uh, <laughs> I used to use. Um, there was a point where I was giving guitar and uh, mandolin lessons to to my then girlfriend and her friend Dara. What up, Dara? What up, Dara? Um, and Dara was playing mandolin and and like I tried to find like kind of cool songs that they would know to like learn that weren't just you know folk songs. Right. Considering, you know, it was acoustic guitar and mandolin. And I found that the, the middle was, like, really good yeah. for that. But in order for them to make the chord changes, we would have to play it, like, really slow. Gotcha. And it was the most surreal thing. I think I actually taped it one time. If you can just imagine that song, super slowed down, acoustic guitar, mandolin, and just, it was like, it was, it was like an art piece. Did you guys ever play Truth or Dara? <laughs> Yes. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, no, no. Anyways. <laughs> speaking of today's podcast, 
today we have on another uh, return group of guests. We finally started repeating people after like five years. Yeah, what's up with that? I think it's getting good. lazy. No, I think it's it's so fun. I'm like, oh, we can't have these people on. We've had them on before, and then I look it up. I was like, oh, they came in in like 2012. Yeah, it was I, a while ago. I think it's fair enough. Like everyone's like put out like two records yep. since they've been <laughs> on. Um, we had on uh, Anthony Ranieri and Nick Garabedian. I hope I pronounced that right. I would just call him Nick. Uh, from Bayside. Uh, and they just released their seventh album, Vacancy. It came out in August on Hopeless Records. And uh, Bayside, I think I talk about this on podcast. Bayside, like a band, always have been really nice guys. I've always been friends with them. And one of those bands where it's like, you know, you'd like, always are like, eh, like I've seen them here and there. I never really listened to their music. And I listened to this album, Vacancy, a lot because I, I got hired to do the bio for it. And I, it's a great record. It really is like, even if you don't, it's it's not what I expected, I guess. Like right. even if you have listened to Bayside before, or if you don't, never really thought it'd be your thing, I would check this record out because I think you'd be surprised with, um, yeah, just kind of how just kind of timeless it is. So Vacancy's a great record. Check it out. Um, thanks to Anthony and Nick for coming by, and, and thanks to Benny for guest hosting this episode. Yeah, Benny boy. Benny was here. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into this podcast. Uh, here's Anthony and Nick from Bayside. It's going on It's the Moorish way. What does that mean? Huh. Like the Moors. Right, like, right, right, like, right. You know, from the yeah. Crusades. <laughs> this is not what I expected to see in the bathroom here. <laughs> and do the Moors still exist in any context? <laughs> I don't know anything about the Moors. Yeah. It was Morgan Freeman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right. Oh. <laughs> Those were the Moors who inexplicably spoke English fine. <laughs> and there was no reason he should have at all. Um, and feel- Kev- Kevin Costner having the English accent. Yeah. Not British not, English. Yeah, yeah. American <laughs> accent. I feel like our whole sense of history is just through movies we were talking about in the last podcast we're like Most. name historical people and we're we're just naming people um, Bill Ted's Morgan excellent Freeman, adventure <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis has taught me a lot yeah yeah actually like I wish it wasn't the case but he has in yeah. what way I mean gangs in New York might open so many historical doors for me that yeah. I didn't even know existed. It actually came up today because there's a group playing in the other room called the Bowery Boys. And I didn't know the Bowery Boys were like an old New York City gang yeah, yeah. until I saw Gangs in New mm-hmm. York. Yeah, we have Leo to thank for that too. <laughs> he was good in that. And for uh, J. Edgar Hoover, nobody would even know who J. Edgar Hoover was if it wasn't for Leo, right? Yeah, or well, who, was, who was he in The Aviator? Oh, that was uh, Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Yeah. yeah, I guess people know who he is. But Leo's done some kind of underrated like stuff. He's not like, as famous like as Leo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's definitely not. Leo definitely brought Howard Hughes to the to the mainstream, the yeah. modern mainstream. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like Howard Hughes was once a big deal. Leo has yeah, actually. I don't know. Leo's. He's been a, a big deal big. for a long time too. He's Leo, Leo's of, been a meme too. That's pretty yeah. big these yeah. days. I feel like Leo's so big he was famous before he was born. Yeah, but you guys are kind of being <laughs> dicks that famous. To Howard Hughes here. <laughs> he was prophesized. We have a song about ago. Howard Hughes. I mean, we, how we, are you going to say that Leo's more famous because he had a meme? Howard Hughes never had the opportunity to have a meme. Yeah, yeah. that's mean, true. He was that big of a deal. What, he's pretty what famous. song do you guys talk about Howard Hughes? It's just called Howard. It's on our uh, mm-hmm. fourth record. Really? Like yeah, so maybe we made Howard Hughes famous. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> well, this actually isn't going off track. This is our Howard Hughes themed podcast. <laughs> I actually feel like this is the definition of going off track. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. <laughs> going off track is not really about staying on track. <laughs> right. right, that's true. Is that's it? true. No, it's not. It is by definition. By definition. Not about anything. <laughs> what we do. I don't know if you see, Jonah takes diligent, diligent notes and sets up <laughs> just an amazing amount of production plan going into this. Well, I actually studied, I mean, I did Bayside's last bio, so I know a lot about your new record, that's Vacancy. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Talk to you guys about I it. I love that bio. Yeah. I've never been moved by a bio before. Thank you. It's great. Wow. I, didn't, I didn't know I was so cool. Yeah, I you guys are, it. you know, you know, what's interesting is I, well, this isn't interesting, maybe people don't care, but uh, I, I think this record is really great, and uh, you guys are one of those bands I've always liked. You guys, I just never—I've seen you play live, but I've never like really listened to the records that mm-hmm. much. And I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh, this will be cool." These guys, I like these guys, and I was like, very—I was like listening to it a lot, like just around the house. And I think it's—I mm-hmm. think it's a really great record, and I think people cool. might. It was different Thanks. than I guess I expected a little yeah. bit too. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like? Do you feel like, I'm trying to remember the exact song, but it does seem like there are a couple songs that are very kind of different for Bayside, just in general. Yeah, I mean, I think we tried we we tried to experiment more on the record than we have in the past. And there's a lot of songs, I mean, we, we hear our band differently than anybody else hears our band. So we could listen to songs that other people might think are just, it's just like a down the middle Bayside song. And we could say, yeah, but we did this, this and this, and we've never done that before. But nobody, you know, right. nobody else hears that, then they don't. Um, but then there are songs like Mary and totally. like uh, Dead All Day. There's some stuff on there that are really like sort of left field. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're the type of band that constantly needs to like think that we need to reinvent ourselves. You know, like I think we're happy with ourselves. Our fans love us and we like to push our boundaries, but still sound like us, you know. So it's really funny listening to or like reading Twitter or anything and they'll back to back comments will be like, this is so different. Next comment, classic Bayside. You <laughs> yeah. know, and it's just like I, whatever you guys want. You know, like, whatever Twitter guys, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I know. Yeah, our, <laughs> if you looked at our Twitter replies, it's a pretty hilarious. Or if you look, even the reviews of the record, there. Or if you look on, a, there's like a message board I looked at where it's like, it's awesome. It's it sounds just like Bayside, and it's awesome. And we're like, it sounds like every other record, and then that's boring. And then it's like. It's completely different, and that's great. And then it's, it's completely different, and that's and I hate it. And I wish they sound like they used to. It's it's impossible. I would like yeah. them if they sounded not like them. Yeah, it's, like, it's right. different. Like I always wanted them to do something different, and they did, but not like this. I wanted them to do something else. <laughs> the first else different. part of me likes it, and the second part of me hates the first yeah, yeah, part yeah. of me for yeah. liking it so you much. You probably have never had to deal with that with Gaslight. Oh no, no, that's <laughs> never happened. Uh, the thing that it's taught me the most. You know, the thing that was the biggest lesson for me ever was the first two Gaslight records getting a lower rating on Pitchfork (laughs) than my pretty bad stoner rock with a chick singer bordering on Evanescence band that I had before Gaslight Anthem got a higher rating than the first two Gaslight records. And that's not to say I thought the other record was a bad record. It was fine. I like it, and I still like it. It just led, lended to the absolute silly and arbitrary nature of people's uh, public opinions. Yeah. So. And, and, but it's interesting. I mean, 
because if you want to be a, a true artist, you know what I mean? Someone who just stays to their thing, then you run the risk of never being heard, mm-hmm. which, yeah. you know, but if you actually want to make a living off it, you have to open yourself up to the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I don't understand certain artists reacting to these things in such a negative way where like, didn't you understand that this yeah. was inherent in the choosing of your career? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, do you, do you guys ever, you know, I know sometimes, uh, songwriters have a, a particularly hard time with it because it feels like it's like almost directed at them, not even the band. Like I just sometimes. know it, it's it's hard to be in an industry where you're judged by people who can't do what you do, mm. you right? Know? Um, and that's just hard, and that goes for any art form, really. You know what I mean? You're just judged by people who can't do better, right? You know, and who don't understand like the the technical aspects of the art form, you know. Um, it's like, I'm like, I wonder what, I'm sure a lot of people who write nasty things about us on the internet play music and I wonder what their bands sound like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Like when they're nitpicking, like nitpicking these like little things about, about like our record that they may not like and like their demos are probably like the guitars are out of tune, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I mean, I don't care. I pay attention. I do pay attention to what people say about our shows and our records and <laughs> all the feedback because I take it as sort of, um, it's like market research, you know sure. what I mean? So I do scan it all. I look at our Twitter replies and I look at all that stuff. Just kind of want to know what we should play on tour and what kind of stuff. That's how we sort of found the Bayside sound was by mm-hmm. listening like what's working, what doesn't work, what do people like the most about our band? Let's do more of it, you know, right. that that kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, it's also interesting because you guys don't seem like the band where it's like, I wouldn't expect Pitchfork to give you guys like a nine or -hmm. something like, but it's like you go to the show and people will be totally into it. And I feel like there's that same situation with like movies where like a lot of these movies get like super like critics love them and then like no one really cares. And then like critics like will shit on a movie and it's like, yeah, it made like people connect to it. Right. (laughs) Like, but there's a weird disconnect between those two worlds a lot of the time. I feel like it's pretty rare to get. Yeah. It's It's like Radiohead or something. Yeah. You gotta be Radiohead or Adele. Yeah. yeah, There's there's very few people who get it all. Yeah. Um, I don't care. (laughs) I like my job's awesome. I don't really care. Like we get to go, we get to like make a living doing something cool and we've been able to for a long time, you know, and, we hope to for a lot longer. That's really all. Well, honestly, man, like the way you're describing your reaction to reviews and opinion, I think to some people it might sound like, oh, well, he sounds like kind of cool. You're actually like Mm -hmm. maybe one of the few people is being actually real about it. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I look at him and I gauge my moves based on how people interpret what we do. And that's how you continue your band right. as, well, as a business. It's and market like research. That. We're exactly. in the, I say it all the time. We're in the, we're in a service industry. So who uh, is you know the Bayside demographic? That being said, that's, that's impossible. Yeah. We've been trying What's to answer that demo? question. I do. Back to the market research <laughs> thing. I'll go on our Facebook yeah. and I'll look and I'll lurk our fans. I lurk our fans constantly, <laughs> and I want to. I look at who else they like. You know, I go on their right. Facebook pages. And I look at like what other music pages they've liked, and you would be shocked if you if you saw like what else they like. I well, bet Gaslight's in a similar. I bet it's a similar thing for Gaslight because you do have you guys had a lot of like mainstream crossover. Sure, yeah. So, but they're more noticeable because they're older. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like well, I ha- can look in the crowd and I can be like, "Oh, you found us from Sirius. You're a Bruce Springsteen fan," <laughs> and it's pretty obvious. Yeah, <laughs> um, and no, I mean it's a lot of believe it or not, it's a lot of like active rock radio stuff. That's cool. Yeah, people like Bayside and um, like Trivium. Okay. I think the connecting factor demographically to both of our fan bases would probably be white. Yeah. White. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sadly. Yeah. Except, I mean, we we do have that, like, (laughs) we have a little bit of that, like, Morrissey fan base where, like, the Mexicans come out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In, like, California and Texas and stuff. Because of Nick's hair. Yeah. (laughs) I need a haircut. Don't don't bring it up right now. Yo, you got, (laughs) someone's got to line you up, baby, fix that fave. I have like an hour free between uh, this and sound check, so. Oh, nice. I need to get a haircut. You need to get lined up? I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was curious, Anthony, were you going into this record? Obviously, this record's very personal, kind of about your relationship Mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, was there any, I feel like whenever an artist puts out a record like that, is there always that feeling in the back of your head like, ugh, I'm going to write this song, this is what I want to write, but then we have to like deal with the repercussions or so-and-so might get offended. Do you know what's funny? This is the first record I ever like thought twice about putting any lyrics on. Yeah. There were times where we were demoing and stuff, and you're like, is this too much? Yeah, I would ask Nick, like, is, it, like is, that, is this messed up? And I, even like I'd play songs for friends at home like while I was still writing them. Uh, I'd ask friends and just be like, "Am I crossing a line? Am I going to regret putting?" And I, that's like never crossed my mind before. Yeah, uh, I wound up putting just about everything on it. Wound up yeah, saying, definitely. Like, Fuck it, I'll deal with the repercussions mm-hmm. later. But um, you know, the one thing um, I didn't want to put anybody on blast, I guess you know, and I didn't want to like publicly humiliate anyone. And I don't think I necessarily did that because the record is much more. I wanted the record to be about me and the aftermath of everything I've gone through and not about the situation itself. I wanted mm. it to be more about the aftermath and me trying to like figure my life out and find a home and find find a place, find my new place. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted the record to be about, not about what led to all that. So it's not a breakup record so much as it's like an aftermath of a breakup record. What was like your headspace like? Because I read... I believe in Jonah's bio um, <laughs> that you were like when like constructing the bones for the song you were like songs excuse me you were like essentially by yourself in Tennessee mm-hmm. and with a place like you don't know as many people you don't have like as much of a community as you would have yeah. here I assume and like like I guess when I saw that I kind of envisioned first off that that would lead me to believe that like you could have put yourself in a dark place it was dark it was like it, it was like kind of pitiful i guess is like was my head space really? it was like real like i felt real sorry for myself and i i was yeah i was like in tennessee alone without really a lot of friends but i was also living alone for the first time in a long time um just like in an apartment that i didn't know i didn't know how long i was going to be there i just had like a bed and a, and a computer and a guitar and a TV and I didn't like unpack and I didn't decorate I didn't hang anything on the walls it was just like this stopover place I was like sitting in for a few months trying to figure myself out and I wrote the whole record like in there what's like your day to day like in that situation like are um, you a morning worker are you a night worker well I, when I'm when I'm at home when I'm not on tour I have my daughter you know right. so. Um, so I have by to default, be, you're a morning person. Yeah, just having my yeah. daughter in general sort of made me. I used to really be a night person. I yeah, used to yeah. sleep real late, and then 
kind of have my day and then I'd write like through the night. Sure. You know, that was always my thing. Not and now that I have my daughter, I have to schedule my writing time a lot more. So now I take her to school like in the morning and then I work uh, like for eight hours while she's at school and then she comes home and then I can't In really Tennessee, anymore. what was the vibe? Were you like, since you were by yourself, did you have the liberty to like wake up at 10 and start writing songs in your underwear? Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, you a coffee guy in the morning? Oh yeah. To get going? I need, like if I'm, if, like if we're on tour and we're going to go, there's a coffee shop nearby that we're all going to go get something at, I need two cups of coffee like on the bus before I have the energy to two? go to the <laughs> coffee shop. Black? Nah, milk and sugar. What milk about you, sugar. Nick? What's your yeah. coffee? I'm I'm definitely like into the aspect of going to get it. I'm not like a home coffee yeah. guy. Oh. I like to leave and go get it and I've, sit and that's when my day starts. I've yeah. known Nick for over ten years now, yeah. and I've I've only seen him drink hot coffee once. Yeah, I'm I'm You're strictly strictly cold brew. I'm the opposite ice, yeah. over and the winter too. Yeah, like. Like shovel my car out. I'm going to get that's nice chilly. Coffee. That's yeah. a chilly <laughs> endeavor. Some guy gave me shit the other day about getting hot coffee. It's very hot outside. Yeah, and I was like, just I was like getting lunch. I was like, I'm gonna be small coffee. He's like, you don't want hot coffee. And I was like, listen, man, I know what I want. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what I want. I'm sweating either way. And remember, anyone over 30 years old remembers the time of no iced coffee. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Like, yeah. like. I, I maybe used to put someone I would see like throw an ice cube in so they could drink it faster, yeah. <laughs> but I never saw this. Like I think I, I feel like Dunkin' Donuts was like my first yeah like, experience with iced coffee. Yeah, when when and whom was that like really turned <laughs> yeah. by? Because that happened kind of fast. Well, I don't even think coffee was. We're all about the same age, I think. Um, I didn't even think coffee was a big thing. Like. Because we grew up pre-Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Like, that like wasn't really, like, a cool thing. Like, no. It wasn't like, cool. It was, like, no. necessary. Yeah, it was more it was like drugs. Yes. But, yeah, yeah, but it was, like, yeah. there weren't, like, fancy drinks. No. Or, like Starbucks, I feel like, was the beginning yeah. of, of cool coffee. Probably. Yeah. Was it... I'm going to bring this up right now. Sure. Was it the show Friends in the coffee shop? And oh, was yeah. That, yeah. that was mid-90s, you know? Culturally, yeah. like, very like, well. Like, that's coffee a really shop hanging, you That's know? a really good point. Probably. Like, I didn't know what the fuck a latte was yeah. Yeah. growing up. Yeah, me neither. I had no clue. Coffee, to me, came out of that hot thing at the deli, <laughs> yeah. sitting there half the day into a fucking in styrofoam cup. In the blue and cup. white cup. Yeah, or the blue and white cup. Did you, have to, cup. did you have to <laughs> scrawl coffee in the side like you do with your water bottle? What's that? <laughs> did you have to scrawl into the side what, what it is? So He's you don't making forget? fun of me because my Nalgene <laughs> bottle has H2O carved into it. I'll tell you exactly why this happened. <laughs> Please do. My wife and I both have matching black Nalgene bottles since okay. we're so evil. Was that a, from a Groupon? Uh, no, no. Two separate purchases, actually. We like to hike and we like to stay hydrated. Um, That's because blood is thicker than water. And she likes to like brew these weird teas okay she's like she's straight hippie these mm. days i mean we're pretty bad um we're bad we're say your hair's getting pretty long you're about to look like you're about to go protest Let me tell you something, Anthony. <laughs> when donald trump <laughs> is in the news it's no time to cut your hair brother <laughs> all right but she makes these funky teas and she used to like make them in my Nalgene bottle, and then I would just want some nice crisp water, and I would taste like lavender hibiscus, oh, fucking something yeah, or other, yeah, yeah. which is fine, but not when I'm trying to There's, like uh, right. really hydrate. Yeah. So, 
So carving H2O <laughs> into the side of my Nalgene bottle was, was because of that. Okay, that makes I, sense. I, I appreciated your blood is thicker than water. Thank you. Pun. Thanks. I got that one. I didn't yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it and I glossed I right over it. Because well, have... there's a band called H2O. There yeah. is? Yeah. They're from New York. That's actually been, I'm gonna try and keep that out of this, but that's been our that that has been our we've been on a weird sense of humor kick this whole tour. Yeah. Yeah, just either asking obvious questions or saying obvious <laughs> Ooh, things. I like that's it. been our humor this whole tour. I, you know, here's here's a problem. That's with that. each other a long I, time. You gotta mix it up. Gotta I, keep it interesting. I do that stuff too, and then I, someone else will like jump in and be like, Oh no, it's this and then you're like, I know, and then you feel like such an <laughs> yeah. asshole. You're like, I know the joke is that yeah. Yeah. Where, that right. happens a lot. So say you're woken up on tour and you have three breakfast options. What time is it? Well, this is where I'm, I'm still curious about I'm your paint the picture. I'm, I'm still curious about these dark days in Tennessee, because like when I think of like the scenario that was going on there, like the visuals to me can be pretty awesome. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can imagine you like trudging along and i mean awesome for me since i wasn't going through it right right i you like know. i was uh, extremely i like i'm a, i feel like i'm a, like a fairly self-aware person like i'm not i'm not always that good at like controlling my like behavior but like i'm always i like i feel like i'm aware of what i'm doing you how know? was your nutrition and when there? i was there <laughs> when i was like living in it i recognized a like this is a season and like i'm gonna look back at this at some point and like like di- totally differently than I feel now about right, it, right, right. but like I can't help but feel the way I feel now, and that sucks. And two, I was like, I'm being pitiful. I'm fucking martyring myself right now. The thing for me was like, I just felt bad for myself that I was like stuck there, and like the divorce at that point became like totally secondary. You know what I mean? Okay. I was just like, God, I got to live here now, and and I was like, you know what? I don't have to. I could I could go back to New York if I want, right. but I want to be close to my daughter and i know that's the right thing to do and then so finally i got to a point where i was like I'm, i know i'm doing the right thing this is obviously the right thing there's i like so just stop feeling sorry for yourself you know what i mean like do you're you doing think, the right thing you don't have, if, if if it's that bad don't do it but it's like yeah yeah do you think the fact that i mean you seem to be self-aware of the situation the whole time and i think the reason i keep asking about it is because i'm curious sometimes about the way songwriters sometimes need to either create or perpetuate certain situations for Mm -hmm. them to feel like they can be in a position to write. So the fact that you were self-aware of exactly what was happening, like I'm martyring myself, this is not an open-ended period. This is going to change eventually. Do you think you maybe consciously kept yourself there for a little while i don't think so but being i wrote the record actually pretty quick wouldn't you say compared to other records like yeah. it, all, it it like we were halfway done by october a lot of times yeah. like it'll take a year or so like mm-hmm. of a, a song comes through the pipes every month or so or every yeah. couple of weeks um and i i just i sat i only lived in that apartment for like five months and i wrote the whole record just kind of in one one sitting you okay. know um and um uh, being like a lyricist especially it puts you in a really weird position because you have to at, you you have to analyze situations in a way that like other people don't like i i look at other people when they they break up with somebody you know and i mean you know there's so much more to life and and songwriting than like relationships but it's just the easiest it's a lot of it it's the easiest like sort of example but 
I look at other people that break up with somebody and they're just like, yeah, she, that, that, she, that chick sucked. You know what I mean? She right, was too right. bitch, you know, or whatever. He was a dick, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you could walk away and just like, and that's cool. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's like, you're, you, you can like console yourself by just being like, I was right. Like, right, right, they, right. they were wrong. You know what I mean? That they comes suck. back to haunt When you, you write though. songs though, you have to be like, like, man, like that was really messed up what she did. And then you're like, yeah, but what, like, but what about what I did? And then, like, what did I do to deserve what she did? And what could I have done differently? And, like, what led to that? And now what's going to happen to me? You know what I mean? And, sure. like, like that. And it's it's messed up. And I wish I could just be like, yeah, fuck her. That's you just know, being older, that, too, though. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, true if too. you were yeah, 25 true. and that yeah, happened, yeah. like, it was, you know, yeah. it would have been true. different. But to answer your question, like, I didn't really, like, force myself to stay in that any longer. But, like, as a writer, you do have to force yourself to open up the sure. box like sure, you know sure. you can't just put the box in the closet but that seems like a healthier human expression anyway like but, yeah. I, I mean i imagine the people were like yeah fuck, you know fuck that bitch well you work through like, it in a more real way she, you, re- like, you truly work through you're not it. really getting over it when you're like oh fuck that bitch right you're right just putting it somewhere yeah no you and, really work and through it's it. gonna come get you at another time like and you're actually deciding to you know the only thing you can do with fucking shitty situations is try to learn right mm-hmm. try to yeah i think better. nick is right it comes with maturity also sure. it does come with maturity and um no and not having like an ego you know what yeah. i mean it's just like like yeah i mean i guess maybe she did some shitty things and i i certainly did too and i don't know such as life but yeah it is like working through things in a more in a more real way instead of just putting it in the closet that's cool. Nick, what's for you? I mean, mm-hmm. like having Anthony in uh, Tennessee, I mean, mm-hmm. how, how did that kind of change the dynamic for you, I guess? Uh, I mean, for all of us, we're, we're kind of all spread <laughs> out now. You know, Jack's down there too. Chris is in California. Um, I don't know. We're still learning, I guess, how to make that dynamic work. Um, like uh, most of the record was pretty much like we demoed like six of the songs before we were in the studio and the other six we we put together in the studio but i don't know i mean it's it's been kind of cool to be separated and reconvene like we got together in california and demoed a little bit and spent a week together and it was cool to just have that separate time i think we're all getting older and we have our own lives and all that type of stuff and uh we're able because we've been a band forever to to write remotely and Mm -hmm. and deal with that you know like it's 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 kind of like when Ant sends a song over, in some ways, I know what to do and I have to figure out how to grow within, you know, that that uh, that kind of framework. Um, we talk a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're still emailing and talking and we know that we have to like up our communication because we live so far apart at this mm. point. It's cool, too. I feel like technology keeps getting better and better yeah. i feel like yeah. what you guys are doing like even like five ten years ago it seems like it's so much easier now yeah. we're still yeah, dealing with to be the first. postal service now it's yeah now it's yeah like the norm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we're still dealing with firsts as far as like the the all living apart stuff like this mm-hmm. tour we're on right now is the first like big tour we've done since all living apart um so we're still like like we had to figure out like we had to get our first bus from we had to find a new bus company. You know what I mean? Uh, we always yeah, got yeah. buses in the Northeast Just and we had to find a new bus company. Yeah. And like we rehearsed in Nashville for this tour for the first time. We rented lights out of Nashville for the first time. You know what I mean? So it's, we're still sort of figuring out how, how it all works. Um, 
Where are but you keeping your gear? At my house. Yeah. We, the, the, my house, actually, luckily, my new house has a pretty good situation. I got a real big basement, and we just practice in there, and the gear lives there, and there's the whole band stays there when we rehearse. And, and so you're still in Tennessee? Yeah. Yep. And staying down there? I come up and down. I'm, I spend about a week, a month in New York, so I, I fly up and down a lot. That's cool. And last time I saw Anthony, he was singing a little song with a band called Good Charlotte. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jonah texts me uh Bayside lyric puns constantly. Oh, yeah. Like but you know, like but like conversationally, he doesn't he won't just like randomly like send a Bayside lyric. Like we'll be in mid conversation and I'll ask him a question and he'll answer with a Bayside lyric. That's great. That's great. That's what I do. That's what I do. Uh, but no, I thought that was I thought you did a great job. I mean, we I was working on the APMAs and what was that sort of experience like for you cuz that seems like not like your typical thing to do. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. I really do like that song. That like in our scene, which song did that's you a do? Big one. I did the, Ant- anthem, the anthem, right? Yeah. That's a big one. Like in our world, you know. I remember we we did Warp Tour for the first time in two thousand two, and um, we were like on a small little stage. That's that we what had I did to it help for the first set up year ourselves. Wow, what stage uh, were you on? Do you remember? We were on the punkrocks.net stage. Okay. We had to help set the stage up ourselves. We did not only did we not get catering, we didn't get water. And the Yuhu was a sponsor that year, and yep. we used to have to go. We used to go to the Yuhu tent to get free Yuhu. Yep. to have something to drink. <laughs> <laughs> it was rough, but like that, Good Charlotte was on like TRL yep. that year. You know what I mean? And like, I don't remember if it was the anthem or not, but like. They were like one of the biggest bands, like in like the, Newfound in Glory, the world like at that Charlotte. point. Yeah, you know? they were yeah. huge. Um, so I just huge. remember like being on that tour and being a little kid, and I was like nineteen, you know, or something like that, twenty. And we, I just remember like seeing those guys, and they were fucking rock stars, you know. And it was cool. It was like something to aspire to. So to be able, to, and I never met them. If you could believe it, like all these years in the business, every, you know, we all cross paths all the time. You like everybody knows everybody, and I've never even met those guys before. Um, so it was cool. It was cool to get on stage with them. The re- we did a few rehearsals and we, we shared a dressing room. So we, we hung out, we hung out for a couple of days. Uh, it was a lot of fun. They're really sweet guys. Do you remember <coughs> this band tree fort that we're on? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> there was this band tree fort from Atlanta, from Atlanta <laughs> and they were insane <laughs> and they would go get all this yoohoo because so much milk is in it that it's like if you drink a lot of it really fast you'll throw up <laughs> and every show they would put one of the guys in their band in a garbage can and chug yoohoo and throw up on them <laughs> and like people would be horrified <laughs> yeah. wait wait, wait. The dude would, like oh so <laughs> <laughs> they'd put one guy in a garbage can and the rest yeah would drink or, yoohoo yeah and or like one or two of the guys would do it yeah, yeah. Or, like, one guy was always in a speedo. How long would it take, and, like, how much you who? Uh, I mean, it. they had this singer who's a pretty big guy, and he would just... I mean, it would take kind of a lot, but not that much. <laughs> like, you would just... Like, like a half dozen? Yeah, but I think eventually you who was like, you, this is not good advertising for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys have to stop. And they we, got kicked off or the, something. Uh, yeah. the, one of the guys in that band used... To, so, when we used to tour back in the day before we had, like, an agent and before we were signed even... We couldn't really get. I'm sure you guys went through similar things. We couldn't get shows like in major cities, so yeah, we always play sure. like outside yeah. the outside the cities. 
We used to play in the suburbs of Atlanta all the time. Swayze's? At Swayze's. Marietta. Yeah. And Marietta, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the no, guy well. from Tree Fort used to book Swayze's. Oh, it yeah. was like okay. his venue. Yeah. So the Tree Fort, we played a lot of shows at Swayze's with Tree Fort, and they did some crazy shit, man. They used to have this little, what's the... <laughs> What's what's uh, uh, salacious crumb like uh, job of the huts like little like little, little sidekick <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like he, I, that's what I always like thought of this one singer so there was like the one singer and then there was like the salacious crumb guy who they used to make do all the most fucked up <laughs> yeah, shit yeah 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 totally. and like one day we played with them and salacious crumb like wasn't on stage for like three quarters of the set and you're just like oh, I guess he could make it to the show tonight. And the Swayze's had a drop ceiling, if you remember. And then three quarters of the way through the show, Salacious Crumb just fucking comes, fucking falls through the drop ceiling. He was just in the ceiling for the whole show. And he just (laughs) falls through the drop ceiling. Those guys were out of control. Tree Fort. Tree yeah, Fort. Man, I didn't catch on. It's oh pre-YouTube, but yeah. maybe some videos made it made it up there. I hope so. <laughs> Swayze's was an interesting spot in yeah. that strip mall. Yep. That's crazy. Those are the places that we all used to play, like before yeah, you could get to. booked in Atlanta or whatever. Well, it was weird back in the, like I, I often <laughs> found a lot of the major cities, and I assume if we weren't from this area, New York would have been the same case. So New York's a fucking pain in the ass well, if you're not yeah, doing we well to, in New York. We used to just play Long Island. Yeah, we played Long better. Island that's, for years. I think that's why Jersey and Long Island yeah. like, have such vibrant scenes is because we New York is such a clusterfuck. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I ran into the same thing in Chicago. We used to play Normal, Illinois yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, used to play Joplin, Missouri instead of St. Louis. <laughs> we used to play Melbourne, reason. Florida. Yeah. We, Jamie Trakowski, uh, to write Love in Her Arms, Jamie is from Melbourne, Florida, and he used to come to our shows way, way back, you know, like before we could get shows in Orlando. And we used to play Melbourne, Florida so much. He told me that uh, he was in a conversation once with a kid who told, who was like, yeah, Bayside's probably like the biggest band to come out of Melbourne. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like there were kids who thought we were from there. That's, That's how often awesome. we'd play there. <laughs> if you were like, say for instance, you got a call in like a couple weeks and there's a new mayor in Melbourne, Florida, <laughs> and he wants to like do some kind of giant ribbon cutting ceremony <laughs> with Bayside, where you guys come down and I'll, you're given like a key to the city forever. I, but, I don't think I'm getting a key to New York City anytime <laughs> soon, so I'll take whatever keys they're willing to give twice me. Twice a year, you have to go to Melbourne <laughs> to sit in on like city council meetings and give your opinions oh, on definitely, matters. Definitely, you, you would do it. It's you know I see some some other bands (laughs) I see some other bands like we have a lot like Ian from Newfound throws out the first pitch at Marlins games all the time and like uh, I see all these people like our friends who get to do all that cool stuff I'm like the Yankees are never gonna notice me the Yankees are never gonna know I I exist that's so frustrating I've had this problem (laughs) a lot where I love you know I love sports we've toured together yeah yeah and I wish. Like my favorite sports, the is basketball, mm-hmm. and and we have all these. I get hit up all the time by hockey people. I'm like, oh, they played your songs at games. Love yeah, gaslight, yeah, blah, yeah. blah blah. I'm like, oh, okay, hockey, cool. <laughs> and nobody, thanks, hockey. in NBA could give a fuck about <laughs> I know, music, man. my music, or anything like that. I and know. that's the one I want something. See, in. Nick is a Nick's a yeah. big Ranger fan, We've and had, the Rangers do. Oh, the yeah, Ranger, we got the Rangers support us. We got love from yeah. the Rangers. Goes back to our cool. white demographic, <laughs> right, exactly. and that's the reason why <laughs> hockey fans like us. <laughs> Who in Bayside, right? 
so say this Melbourne, Florida thing goes down. Yeah. Right. And you guys are really like part of this. If anybody's city. listening that has that kind of pull. And then I the mean- mayor, mayor dies. Okay. Something happens. And one member of Bayside has to go sit in as the mayor. I'm not going to Florida. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm not <laughs> living in Florida. All right. Let I'm me out. finish the question, Nick. Um, I'm out. Who would be best suited? <clears throat> who's best suited to be the mayor? To be the mayor, to be mayor of a mid-sized city of in Melbourne, Florida? Florida. Well, then yeah. I'm back in. I feel like I am. I think it's me. <laughs> they do say the people who should run for office are the ones who don't want it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe next the guy. You. I'll vote for you, yeah. Jack. Maybe not so diplomatic. What do you think? No. As far as, no, as, far as mayoral things go, <laughs> he might run into some problems. I don't think so. Yeah. Chris would probably want it the least, That which I guess, according according <laughs> to that logic, makes him the most qualified. <laughs> I mean, they want you to be a reluctant politician, right? Isn't that the people who want it so bad? Reluctant is probably the best way to describe Chris. <laughs> 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 but maybe that's good. Then, you know, I know, you know, Melbourne, Florida is not dealing with like nuclear codes. He, you know, mm-hmm. he's not going to have his hand. On well, the not button. yet. But if I was mayor, <laughs> oh. I would make it the great city it deserves to be. <laughs> would you open it up to like first city with its own nuclear program? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what would you do to do that? Would you open it up to some really interesting? I'd privatize things? the beaches. Okay. Smart. Smart. Yeah. I'd Declare war on the speaking, next town over. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of absurd suggestions, the, <laughs> the, did you hear that Chicago? Uh, Brendan from Lawrence Arms was telling me that Chicago sold. It's curbs. What? Pardon? To some some company in the Middle East. I don't remember. If it, it might have been Saudi Arabia. A Saudi Arabian company bought the curbs, the curb rights of the Chicago streets, so they own the parking meters. That is hmm. unbelievable. Like they privatized the parking meters. The, like the, they par- privatized street parking in Chicago for something like a like. It, whatever, however much money it was, this is all secondhand. I didn't read anything about this myself. This is what Brandon told me. But apparently, like, the company made back their investment in the first, like, year. <laughs> like, for yeah. some, like, laughable amount of money. They, and So, yeah, the, they don't, Chicago doesn't own the curbs on the street. Wow. So, like, this company could just come in and be like, yeah, it's it's $1,000 to, to park yeah. on the street in Chicago. And what if they're just like, fuck your curbs? <laughs> and they just like stop tending right? to them altogether. Yeah, they yeah. could do that too. But anyway, yeah, that's what I would do. I would privatize the beaches in Melbourne. Okay. Sell the curbs to the Middle East. Sell, sell, sell all, all the, the curbs. All right. I'd sell all the curbs. <laughs> I'd, I'd start, I'd be, you'd be able to sponsor palm trees. Every tree, we'd put a plaque with somebody's name on <laughs> okay. it. Okay. And uh, we'd start developing the, the nuclear program. <laughs> Maybe you could find a city in Saudi Arabia to like be like sister cities, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like some sort of... <laughs> So you guys could trade, you know, secrets and, and yeah. slaves. Or maybe like somewhere in Scandinavia so that like people can holiday in Florida and then when it's too when it gets too hot in Remember Melbourne, though, we you've can been go, to Scandinavia. Can... They're not gonna be interested. No, I don't think they're deal. gonna be interested. They're like, wait, America? No, <laughs> thank you. Florida? No, thank you. I think you. I've been to Scandinavia with you. Yeah. Yeah, I probably have. I believe we have. We probably sat there talking about the Yankees. I do love Scandinavia. Nick really loves yeah. Scandinavia. Yeah, it's it. a well, nice goes back I've to never the hockey been there. Thing, hockey. Too. Hockey oh, and Swedish go. bands. Yeah. 
Good bands. Cardigans. <clears throat> Mill and Colin. Nick, Nick, At the Nick gates. loves mm. Scandinavia more than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's it like? It's like... It's wonderful. Tall. Everyone's yeah. beautiful. Everyone's tall. beautiful and polite and just really, like, beyond polite. And like. mildly arrogant. Okay. <laughs> Bordering you know, but like, I would be, too, arrogant. if I looked but like that. Yeah, but, like, justifiably and, uh, arrogant. Smarter. Yeah, you know what, though? Okay. And it's the same thing. I, anytime I hear someone from Sweden going off about their policies and stuff like that, I'm like, you know what? It doesn't work when you add 340 million extra people to the mix. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm like, your idea is great, Mm -hmm. but remember you let the Nazis walk through in World War II because you didn't feel like bothering. (laughs) Uh, And then you have about, you know, maybe like 330 million less people to deal with. (laughs) So, like, I try to to bring the Swedes down from their... From their uh, pedestal fairly often because they come off terrible. I mean, it's also outrageously expensive. And to say the Vikings never did horrible shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're we're clean of all atrocities in the world. Yeah, you know what? Fuck you. Anyone with a border killed mad people to get it and just admit it. A Frappuccino in in Stockholm is also like. $12. $12. It's it's like outrageously expensive. (laughs) With the most expensive, I remember being in Oslo and it was like comically expensive. Like you were walking down the street looking for something to eat and like a little personal pizza or something was, I think it was like the equivalent of $25. Like American dollar. It's like, it's comically expensive. Uh, You know what's weird? You know what place I thought would be like how you're describing, which wasn't, was Iceland. I went to Iceland and expected everyone to be like these like Bjorky, like kind of like pixie, yeah, like yeah. tall, like, and it was, I felt like I was back in fucking Ohio. <laughs> You're sort of in Russia, right? Yeah. In Iceland, I've never been. It but. was like, it was fine, but it was very just regular people. Well, they like, it's yeah. like logging and hunting, yeah. right? They're real, like, they're workers. Yeah. Well, they are in Sweden too, like once you go like an hour north, <clears throat> like... There must be some crazy shit going on in the northern parts of Sweden. Like, some real, like... Yeah, probably. Like, I'm eating, like, frozen caribou meat for, like, four months. <laughs> kind of crazy. Like, there's definitely some real shit going on in that place, too. You I know? do like it there, though. And I, I do, bet those I like people are complaining about their own socialist government, probably. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. I'm just saying. I do like it. Europe, got Europe's crazy. Europe's crazy. Nick, why... Yes. Where, like... How do you imagine? Could you live in Sweden? Yeah, I think I could. You yeah. could? And yeah. what would you get into? Uh, I don't know. I don't like to get into anything. I would just want to go to shows, which is why I don't leave New York. <laughs> yeah. I How are you leave. paying to live in Sweden move. now? Uh, I don't know. Look at go you work at really, Ikea, right? You're a good looking guy <laughs> and you're always fit. And you got a cool car. Cool yeah. car. I feel like <laughs> it's I feel not cool. like it's very. Uh, it's cool to me. Since you're maybe a little foreign looking for yeah. Sweden, mm-hmm. you could get into gigolo work. Yeah. Would you be? I, open I would. To that? I would be open to anything. <laughs> I'd be open to anything. Well, the women are beautiful yeah. there. So if you, you need know. someone to run your security and numbers when you're doing it, just give me a call. Yeah. I have a little experience. I, I have, I have a, uh, a not very much more, slightly more serious question for you. Uh, so Nick, you go to a lot of shows. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like maybe like your favorite pastime. Like, yeah. Well, it was my pastime, and then I think I lost it, and those were okay. some very unhappy years. And I'm like, I need to go more shows. That's because, what I did when I was happy. Yeah. You know, like, hmm. 
I, I feel it works. the same way. We're the, you know we're the same age sort of mm-hmm. group. I feel like not a lot of people our age go to shows yeah. as much. Maybe <clears throat> mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I just don't want to leave my apartment. Yeah, well, it's Do you hard. get that I mean, way too. I mean, what kind of like makes you want to check out new bands or go see stuff? Like, oh, I've seen these guys a million times, well, but it's very much so like something like that I grew up doing, and that was like the most like the ha- most natural like organic happy thing was when i was 15 going to shows you know and it's like life gets in the way i understand that and people lose that and they lose that passion and, and it happened to me too you know even while we were in the band i was just like ah so and so is in town today i'm not going to go to the city to see him you know right. but those were also <laughs> like adjacent to some very unhappy times for me so i wanted to like get back into that and finding new music i don't want to get like jaded on you know music these days so i like to find new bands i like to go check them out i've always loved the atmosphere of being at a show it's again it's like the most organic like i felt like i found that when i was like 13 or 14 so i wanted to i don't ever want to let that go it's interesting because it's it's easy when your hobby or your passion becomes your job Mm -hmm. and it's easy to get jaded and it's it's cool you were like able to refine it it's happened, you know, like it definitely went away for me and I don't ever want to lose it again. But it's hard for other I go to shows alone all the time because realistically, who, yeah, who, who what adult who has yeah, family, a job, yeah. anything, <laughs> right, can go to three or four shows a week, you know, right, like right. it's that's good advice that my therapist gave me similar advice. She was like, what do you like to do? I was like, I like to ride a bike. She's like, you should get a bike. And I bought a bike and I like <laughs> ride it around my neighborhood. <laughs> you paid like... somebody to tell you to buy a bike after they told, after you told them that you liked riding bikes? Hey, what's your favorite food? Uh, I like Chinese food. Oh, you go, guys, eat, go eat Chinese food. You guys know sitting on it. You're paying us, right? Yeah. yeah. To be honest, Listen, that'll be $200. Like, we had to dig a little bit to figure it out. Then I was like, oh yeah, I guess I used to like riding my bike. By the way, like where I live now is like fine but it's like anywhere I ride my bike it's like metropolitan now it's like smells like garbage it's like industrial disgusting area but I like you know it is fun to do stuff from that like when I feel depressed I'm like oh what used to make me happy this thing probably will still make you happy yeah well it's it's bizarre I I think sometimes like it's a little twofold because I'm getting older I'm 36 and I'm like yeah I'm just riding my bike listening to music I'm pretty sure I did that when I was like 12 or 13 but that was like a very natural organic happiness and like I think I'm constantly trying to figure out how to do both like grow up but still do the things yeah. that make me happy like adult shit doesn't make me happy you know <laughs> like, right. so I want to do that stuff but figure out how to also grow up and be a proper maybe you can help Jonah and I then because I also have the instinct when there's a bunch of stuff going on to be like Nah, it's just <laughs> yeah. gonna be way easier if I stay in my yeah. place and do something mm-hmm. else right now. Like it's just gonna be easier. I'll be home at this time. <laughs> Everything will be uh, you know, like. What's like a tool, like a pep talk? Yeah, you can give yourself to because, actually be like, all right, let's go do this. You know what? It's usually because I don't regret it afterwards. You know, mm. it's usually like just go do it. It's gonna be awesome. It is easier to stay home, but usually I, I'll go. The band will be good, whatever. I'm usually at the end of that experience. I'm never like, mm, should have just stayed home, right? You know? right it's right, usually right. worth it. Happiness so, takes effort. Yeah, yeah for sure. Does that'll be two hundred dollars? Exhausting, <laughs> though, isn't it? It's exhausting. I feel like sometimes my lack of being pleased with things isn't because things are bad. It's because I don't have the energy mm-hmm. to find a way to be happy about it. Mm. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, when I see people who are perpetually happy, who are smiling and are doing all these proactive things, 
there's a part of me that's like, wow, that looks great. And then there's a part of me that's like, fuck you. That No, that's a part <laughs> of me that just goes, that looks exhausting. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm tired watching it. Yeah. I'm not, I never say fuck you. <laughs> I'm happy people are happy. Uh-huh. I am. I don't walk around like, actually mad, shitty people make me mad. And happy people, if I see them around and they start, sometimes I'll be in the worst mood ever and I'll leave the house and I'll have a five minute conversation with whoever fucking made my coffee or something Mm -hmm. and it'll totally turn it around for me. Yeah. So I'm never like mad at people for being happy, but it looks so hard. It is. (laughs) I think like negativity and all that stuff is like so much easier to, you know, it's so much easy and all that. Mm -hmm. It takes effort to be happy and and like little things and all that stuff. Yeah. It does take effort. I also think it's like, that's like a symptom, a little bit of like, instagram and stuff like that where you like scroll through and like this person's at the beach like this person like it's like everyone's projecting some kind of like mm-hmm. my life yeah. is so awesome yeah. mm-hmm. it's like your life is really like if you're having that much fun at the beach you wouldn't be taking photos of it and <laughs> yeah. be like probably that night you're like in bed crying you're not taking photos of that <laughs> like you know i mean that's a very skewed view but i think like you're like it makes it seem like everyone else is having such like a and man, I may have been projecting way too much. One of our conversations on this tour was calling out like Instagram fakers, yeah, whether yeah. it's their looks or their lives or anything. Like, yeah. I want like a Yelp, like yeah. review style thing. Be like, mm, this person doesn't look like this. Yeah, we, mm, this person doesn't do cool things. All yeah, the time. we said we're going to mm. start reporting. Oh, we said we're going to start Instagram. Like, we we said we're going to start reporting. We're going to start reporting misleading photos. What, like what about what about ones where it's like some girl like in her bra and she's like, ugh, I'm so fat, yeah, and yeah. then like it's like you're beautiful. Like mm-hmm. I'm just like, dude, come on, like, <laughs> Jonah, Jonah. Wait, the last time we talked about that, we got remember we got in trouble for not recognizing the female side of the show. Oh, yeah. That happened the last time we this brought is, this up. Oh, yeah. Someone said this podcast is too male-centric. Yeah. Oh, you guys got to be oh, careful. Because Dude, we were talking about people who bait for compliments yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I saw someone actually in that spirit say something about Bayside. Uh-oh. That they were offended Uh-oh. that you had made fun on your last record of One Direction. Mm. Oh, I th- I saw something like that. They said something. I, I read something about how... It was, it was like sexist or something. It was something, sexist or, to make fun of One Direction because I, and I've read I've read stuff on this. Basically, like I and I I don't I'm not sure who wrote this and I'm not sure exactly, but the gist because I, I looked into it was like you're like discounting like fandom for these bands. You're saying like this isn't as legitimate because their fan base is teenage girl. Not you know ignoring the fact that this is just like a transient thing. Like no one talks about how great the Nukes on the Block are now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like somehow that's like negating some and kind of experience. I figured that much. I figured that oh. much. But is it not? Is I mean, what does it say that like the person saying that assumes that all of One Direction's fans are gr- the only girls is in One Direction? Yeah, I didn't to- say that. I just said totally. One Direction sucks. Right, which like, you're entitled which to. Which I, I feel like is like a gender neutral comment. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I sure. think some people. You didn't say their fans suck. I didn't say their. I didn't. I didn't say their fan. Only a certain type of people listen to them either. Just to put it in context, what was said about One Direction? I was. Ma- I actually was making fun of current bands. Okay. And I said something. I said that they're One Direction with neck tattoos. Okay. So I don't know. Listen, the whole the the, the there's when it comes to the to 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 women and to um, any any sort of culture that 
uh, that is, is struggling for their place in the world, it like it's like not my place. You know what I right. mean? I like, totally. like it's only natural as a human being that like I form opinions on it. You know what I mean? And right. like my opinions might side with them sometimes and they might not. And like, <clears throat> but like I also recognize that my opinion means less because like I don't understand it in a way that they do. Mm. You know what I mean? So right. like it's, it's, Again, like self-aware, you know what I mean. So, like, I know it's it's like it's my human nature to want to say when somebody says, "Well, that's sexist," and as a woman, I feel this way about what you said, and what you know what I mean. And it's only natural to like defend yourself because you're like, "Well, I didn't mean it that way," and here's my explanation. But right. like at the same time, it's like, "Well, I don't know how it made you feel. Who am I to say it didn't? Who am I to say that it didn't make you feel that way, or it shouldn't have?" Mm-hmm. You know. I guess that's sort of the way I approach. I think the, that's those a good situations. way to approach things, but I also think people are going to read whatever they want to read into anything. Like you're like, you know, like Nick doesn't like the color blue. Like, <laughs> you know, like what is that? Does that mean you don't like Smurfs? I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, there's I, also like the call out culture and like the you know yeah. just of the internet where people want to be the first person to call someone out, you know, right, so right. they make shit up. I <laughs> yeah. think it's not even these days. It's not even calling out. Yeah. It's I want to be. The one person on this thread who said something different than yeah. anybody else. And in order to do that, sometimes you have to take the negative point of view mm-hmm. just to stand out, just to even maybe even try to bait the person you're in the thread to yeah. like write back to you or something. Maybe, like, but what do I get out of defending myself by saying what I said wasn't was not offensive to and, anybody? Unless like, you feel like, like you actually maybe made maybe a they have a point and maybe they don't. But yeah, like right, what right. like what does it matter? Like what is my defense to it? Unless you feel like you made a mistake that you need to answer for, and I have actually, no I have done that. Actually. Actually, like, um, not so much a mistake, but um, when we released that song also, there was a lot of kind of uh, people saying like, well, you know, a lot of your early lyrics were were sort of misogynist and, and sort of violent and, and not super positive. And, and I owned it. You know what I mean? I was like, you, you know, you're right. Like, you know, like I was I was 22 and I was a different person. And luckily, I'm not that person anymore. And I can't take back any of that stuff. And I don't regret it. It's just how I felt at the time. I don't regret saying any of it. But like, you know, if it if it uh, if it means anything, I then I recognize it. And I, I think it. that's a common thing. I had the same talk. I mean, a long time ago with Daryl, like that first glass draw record mm-hmm. is <laughs> super that way. And like, you know, he's not like I think a lot of times like when you're like younger and just in an aggressive band, like that kind of stuff can come out. And it's like it doesn't. I don't know. You get older, like you said, like you get perspective on stuff, stuff. I feel like for me, like I don't get as happy about stuff, but I don't get as mad about stuff either. I'm like pretty just like the older I get, the more I'm like, eh, cool. It's life. Being yeah. Down, this has man. happened before. Yeah. I sort of know how this is going to yeah. go. I sort of feel like that's why there's no old people revolutions. Showing yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, I think the stance that Bayside takes on, on, on a lot of the political stuff is like, it's not really We're. I mean, we're we're a bunch of white guys. We're a bunch of right. white guys. You know what I mean? It's not our place to speak for anybody else. But what we do try to do is we try to take other, we try to take women on tour as much as we can um, and um, give them a platform for them to say what needs to be said. You know, like I don't feel like it's our place to say. We did actually have a conversation do for when we were finding support for this tour. Like, let's, let's are there any bands out there that would help like as far as like getting women on tour or anything like that and we asked a bunch of bands and they just weren't free you know like so it was a conversation to be like what can we do you know to like push 
help push things forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like, I just don't, we don't feel like it's our place to, to do the talking, you know, but like the best I think we can do is give people whose place it is a platform to do it. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, too bad. Nice as fuck couldn't do it. Yeah. Right. We saw them the I other wish. night. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. I, would, I, I love when bands that we're on tour with, I want to watch every night. That yeah. would certainly be a band I watch every night. But we have band. the Menzingers right now, and I'm never like more pumped yeah. to play after their set is done. I'm like, are they Fuck, doing their Bouncing Souls cover? No. 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 And no. Sorority Noise, too, who are, are awesome. They good? Yeah. So good. So good. That's awesome. Have you guys toured with Menzingers before? Uh, here and there. Yeah, Not like a, a full things. thing. Round the way. Yeah. yeah. Round the way, girl. A couple of things here I was and there. I with them on their last tour with the pianos and mm-hmm. uh, Me Without You. Yeah. Great. Cool. Yeah, they're really nice. I feel like we've talked about music too much, <laughs> you know. Like, what do you guys want to talk about? Well, I mean, as are we usual, going too on track? Listen, <laughs> I have notes. Whoa, okay. Benny always takes notes. Um, actually, one thing I wanted to talk about: there's not a lot of bands, especially rock bands, who are native New Yorkers mm-hmm. these days. Actually, very few. Yeah. at this point, especially Queens. I like to think. I know something about Queens. As Let's hear it. I didn't grow up there. Tell me everything you know about Queens. <laughs> everything. Uh, Nas is from there. <laughs> yeah. LL Cool J is from there. Yep. Um, anything not music related that you know about Queens? My mom is from there. I know that my mom is from Queens. I feel like the fakest Queens resident ever because I've lived there for two years. I live on the border of Bushwick, but I technically live in Ridgewood, Queens. Okay. Right. And I feel like whenever I'm like, I live in Queens, people are like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I know that the World's Fair was there once. See, but mm-hmm. I, and uh-huh. I'm from I'm from Eastern Queens. Yeah. See, like you, blocks away from Great Neck, like blocks from the Long Island border. So when and so when I say I'm from Queens, people also say, no, you're not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, that's always a weird regional thing in this area. You're never New York enough. Yeah, you know, it's always that bullshit. Like, and as somebody who's lived half an hour from Manhattan my entire life and taken nothing but shit from people (laughs) from New York, I completely understand this thing. And that's actually where my family is from, out by Laurelton, like on Eastern Queens. Yeah, like all the way out. Um, But like being. A native New Yorker to now, I'm always curious about, like, the general take on, like, New York today as opposed to to, to the way it was. And this Mm -hmm. had just come up with friends recently. The Ruli uh, Giuliani showing his face a lot again. Saying (laughs) saying insane things. (laughs) But it's brought up the conversation a lot again in the last week where I've always had friends who were like, fuck Giuliani took all the clubs away, cleaned up New York, made it this, made, made it, it Disneyland, that, made it Disneyland, <laughs> right. made it not cool. And then there's always an element of locals who are like, you know, I'd rather see Mickey Mouse than get jerked off on in yeah. Times Square. Yeah. I'd rather. Dude, I remember Times Square when I was a kid. Same. I remember Times Square Filthy, during Koch and Dinkins and horrible. you just didn't go. Really? Like, I remember the yeah. rule of thumb when, when I was a kid was always never fall asleep on the subway because A, you're, you'll, something will happen to you. Yeah. And B, you never want to wind up at the first or the last stop of any train line. Because those are always the worst neighborhoods. You know, like, like the first and the last stop of any train line is the worst. 
So don't ever fall asleep and wake up at the last stop because you're fucked. That's pretty sound. That advice, was like advice when I was a kid. Yeah. That's what everybody everybody said. And how and, much liberty did you have? And like, I love that that's not a problem anymore. A like I, I I don't mind yeah. the cleaning up of New York really because like it was fucked up. You yeah. know, I do miss all the culture. You know, I miss. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to hang out on St. Mark's all the time and we'd go to Coney Island High or sure. we'd walk down to CB's or there was so many cool punk shops, record stores, yeah. T-shirt stores on St. Mark's. You can't even recognize those neighborhoods And anymore. like, yeah, you yeah. know, they turned, they literally turned into gaps, yep. you know, like, uh, so I, I do miss the culture and it's interesting now living in Nashville feeling because Nashville is still, uh, Nashville is, is sort of going through a gentrification yeah, also, but, thing, right? um, Nashville is still affordable that you can open like a f- cool weird store and like survive you right. know whereas in New York you can't open like a weird interesting store anymore you know what I mean you'd never make it yeah and even the old school ones that 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 lived on all these years have essentially yeah. all been forced yeah out. and it's interesting to go to the, the it's now now I feel like this like when I go to smaller cities like like Tallahassee or Gainesville or um Nashville it's like there's more cool shit in cities right. like that. It's weird, you know? It's it's it, There's more... The same way when Brooklyn first started happening, Bushwick and Williamsburg had more cool shit than Manhattan because right. you could afford to open cool shit, you know? <clears throat> now that's not even the case anymore, but it's interesting to be on tour <clears throat> and go to smaller cities and be like, wow, there's like more culture here than there is in Manhattan now. Yeah, right. And then everyone's like, I pay like $4 in rent. And you're like, yeah. what am I doing with my <laughs> yeah, life again? Yeah, totally. No, it's, it, it's interesting. It, yeah. it, it really is interesting. So I don't, I, I haven't really made up my mind on how I feel about sure. what's become of New York. You know, in a way, I do appreciate that it's safer. Yeah. You know, because I do remember being a kid and having to watch, Same. watch where I went. You know, that sucked. Mm-hmm. That sucked. That was weird, you know. And I remember where, my mom worked in the city overnight when I was a kid. And I remember being worried about her come taking the train home at night and all that. And um, so I'm glad that that's not a thing anymore. But at the same time, I do miss like the culture. Yeah. Which the I mean, it's almost completely gone at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard thing to gauge, right? We, we talk about that all the time. Like where the, how do you, how do you build up a place? How do you help a place without this process? Without ruining it. You know, and, and that's something that, you know, all of this is based on money. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, no one has found a way to make money off helping people who don't have any. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I just wish this this series of displacement didn't happen so much. And instead of giving, you know, maybe real estate tax abatements to developers to bring their money in, you actually take you know, pre-existing money or things like that or the same tax abatements and help people with displacement or force these places to build lower and middle income housing and things like that. There are some ways, but the gap sees no way in making yeah, money right. off stuff Well, like I that. mean, I think that, I mean, maybe it's, 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 it's tax incentives to, to for, for for business owners, you know what I mean? Instead of, right. instead of taking a shit on business owners, mm. having more, more small business owners and more people working for small businesses. And maybe then you get the culture and you get all the cool stuff and you get people building things and you're cleaning up the city and you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. And that's what it is. Instead of like, you know, we're, we're selling Nick and I, but the, the band obviously is, is a corporation, but me and Nick also happen to op- own companies outside of the band. And like, 
you know, you get shit on between the per, like the the permits and the and like self employment taxes and all like you know what I mean. It's almost like it's, they decent de incentivize like you to go out and right. open a business. What kind of stuff do you guys have in in that regard? I own a a merchandise company in California, um, and Nick yeah Nick has I have a clothing brand, and I'm still always scheming. Me and Chris, we went the other day and got matching like coffee bike tattoo things and we were trying to figure out uh like something to say with it and he was like pull up the mug 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 by descendants let's get like a <clears throat> coffee lyric or whatever and i was like wait there's a better lag wagon one like uh-huh. where it refers to like coffee as legal speed so we got legal speed with like a little mug and a, a, and we're like that's a great name for coffee bike shop and now we've been like talking the past couple of days about <laughs> opening like a coffee <laughs> shop bike i'm like we could have easily. We also, with like ten seconds before we decide on legal speed, we're like, let's just get tattooed says like bike bros. So we were like ten <laughs> seconds away from having the worst tattoo, and then ten <laughs> seconds later, we're like, that's a really good business name, legal speed. For- <laughs> There's definitely ways you could use bike bros for a business, but probably not the yeah. business you were trying no, to do. No, no. <laughs> it was so close. We were so close to not having a business idea and also terrible a terrible tattoo. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, it's a happy ending. Legal yeah. speed is good. Yeah. It's good, good, right? Yeah. Maybe you know it would be cool for that. Now if it's on can, this podcast and we have to like do it. If you can find soon. a little yeah, yeah. like a courthouse district <laughs> uh-huh. somewhere to kind of do your thing. <laughs> yeah. And now the legal community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if you say it on a podcast, it makes it legally binding. So yeah. no one can use that name. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like <laughs> sending the demo to yourself. Did you guys ever have to do that? No. That used to be the old trick. And I never yeah, knew if it would legally it. I don't think it hold. I don't think it holds up. That sounds <laughs> like it would not hold up. But I used but to I put it to myself. <laughs> my Game of Thrones like rubber stamp on. Yeah. So you knew it right. was... No, I didn't have one. <laughs> what do you mean, what do you mean that it doesn't hold up? I, I mailed it to myself. I, I read it on, on bookyourownfuckinglife.org. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I read it in a zine. Maybe Bayside Stationery yeah. would be nice. Be and good. you guys could do those cool... Uh, wax uh, imprints mm-hmm. to close we, it, it has been our goal to sort of be like the punk rock kiss. We are yeah. starting to go oh, we're, in that we're direction. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. What's we, the next step? Well, we, we have beer right now. The beer right comes now. out beer today. Out. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the beer comes out today. We, um, So we did coffee. We've been doing coffee for a few years. Okay. Um, and that's gone really well. And we said, well, beer seems like the next step. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we we're gonna reach out to some small breweries and see if somebody would just do like kind of like a collectible limited edition thing and uh we did a tour and on that tour uh a bunch of people from oscar blues came out to the show we met them and we were like you know what let's ask oscar blues let's they'll probably say no but let's ask and uh and they were like stoked they were super stoked on it so Today, the Bayside Black IPA mm-hmm. by Oscar Blues comes out. That's awesome. And it is we and it's not like a limited edition it's like, just like proper it, beer. It, the first canning was a hundred thousand cans. Whoa. <laughs> and it is ninety thousand of them are, went to total wine, like the national chain. And it's like fully nationally distributed. There I saw a there's a bar a bar in Colorado has it on tap. 
Whoa, that's um, amazing. It's like in stores and in bars. Yeah, it's it's like a real thing. It's crazy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's, it like, really is. It makes me proud. You I guys know. are from here and you're gangsters. It, it, it really is like yeah. 2016. It's our seventh record or it's our 16th year. Like, how do you get someone to find out about our band? You know, and it's it becomes these weird things. Like, the Bayside yeah. like motto beer, is put you know? a bird on it. <laughs> that's our motto. Like, let's, get a, let's, do, let's do a beer. Put a bird on it. You love know, like, that's, I love it. Put a bird on it. I can't wait till the person who discovers your band through the beer yeah. like I really am a big fan happen. of the beer and mm-hmm. I was like I guess I should check out the band yeah. it wound up being so much bigger than we expected it to be like the, uh, some of the total wines are even going to have end caps with like the wow. beer in our record it's crazy so it's pretty cool. crazy that's awesome I think we might have found your uh <clears throat> your synergy way to get into the Yankees world. <laughs> it's not going to be through music. Dude, it's gonna be nobody but Jay-Z is getting, getting in that world. Why can't you get uh, this IPA into the beers of the world stand? Huh? <sighs> I mean, I guess we could try. I'm just saying. You never know. We could try. <laughs> Maybe, um, oh, you know, it'd be cool. The Carvel cups, the little helmets, Bayside helmet. Yeah. Ice cream next. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Put a bird on it. Let's Put get a, a helmet. Put a bird on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, we yeah we we are we are a little we are a little gangster in that way, and we get we got it from watching the older punk bands like bands like No Effects, and and they like took us under their wing. You know, yeah. they saw they saw us on Warp Tour, and they sort of got into our band, and they would be like, "All right, like we're gonna take care of you guys," and they sort of taught us the ways, and it sort of all started on Warp Tour. No effects used to do a thing called the Good Night Bar, oh, and yeah, yeah, they yeah. they had the hustle going where they were they were they would set up a bar after the show in the bus parking lot, and they would mm-hmm. throw parties and sell booze to bands, you know, and like you can't just do that, like you got yeah, no yeah. effects, yeah. like you can't yeah, just do yeah. that, you know. And um, when No Effects wasn't doing Warped anymore, when they sort of sort of when they had like sort of grown out of it. They called us and they like called all the powers that be on Warped and they like blessed us with the Good Night Bar and <laughs> oh, we started wow. doing the Good Night Bar. You guys took over the Good Night we Bar. We took it over and uh-huh. that was like sort of our first hustle. And then after that, we were like, and you know, Rancid's the same way. Like we like just looked at those other punk bands. We're like, yeah, they're fucking like street these yeah, guys. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And so that's sort of where we got. That's how we sort of became that way. All right, all right. Woohoo! Thank good you. One. Another good, good one. Job Another one in the books. Benny. Benny. What's up, man? Jonah. Benny Jonah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah, thanks to Anthony and Nick from Bayside for coming by. Uh, their new album, Vacancy, is out now on Hopeless Records. They are on tour a lot. So you should uh, go see them on tour. Yes. If you like the record. If you don't like the record, just go. What else are you doing? Yeah, man, you might meet somebody. Yeah, you might make a friend. Get out of the house. Yeah. They're like, I should be giving advice on getting out of the house. <laughs> but uh, yeah, get out of the house. Um, so yeah, check out the new Bayside record. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, um, you can donate. Goingoftrack.com, donate, help pay our server costs for our 230 plus episodes we have up there. Um, you can also leave us a nice review on iTunes, tweet at us, tell your friends about it. Whatever, whatever you could do to help would be great. Um, and yeah, we have so many awesome podcasts coming up. So if you want to advertise with us, I don't know, email us. Could or, happen. Or just listen to these podcasts or just subscribe on iTunes. I don't know. Do whatever. We're going to keep doing it anyways. <laughs> thanks, Anthony and Nick and Benny. Thanks to Brad for being great. Thanks thank- to Robert Tracks for hosting us. And thanks we'll be for Jonah back. for being magical. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be back next week. All right. Bye.